What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew. Thank you for making me part of your week, this week and every week. In the upcoming episode, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the NHL proposing a 2014 playoff and my thoughts on that. I will also talk about the NFL schedule being released this past week, and our beloved Buffalo Bills have four, yes, you heard that right, four primetime games. I'm going to give you my initial thoughts on the NFL schedule, so stick around and let's have some fun. Before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to take a quick time out to say thank you to everyone who listens to me and continues to listen to me on a weekly basis. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to me on the listening platform of your choice and leave me a good thumbs up rating so that more people can find out about this podcast. Also, if you like this podcast, do not underestimate the word of mouth. Make sure you tell your friends, you tell your family to give me a listen because they might also like what they hear. You can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, right here on Anchor. You can follow me on Twitter at SportstalkBuff1. That's Sportstalk, B-U-F-F-1 on Twitter. You can also email me at SportstalkBuffalo at Yahoo.com. Once again, thank you for listening. Now let's get on with the rest of the episode. All right, let's kick the show off by talking about something that we haven't talked about in quite a few episodes, and that is the NHL. Obviously, we have not talked about the NHL in quite a few episodes simply because there isn't any NHL really going on right now with the pandemic and everything like that. But there has been talks uh, for the last little bit of a potentially uh, having the NHL continue its season in the summer through maybe even September is in some of the articles I was reading and that they would hold the uh, next year's NHL regular season off a little bit just in order to kind of conclude this season, the 2020 season, and uh, crown and and, uh, uh, Stanley Cup champion. That is something that is very interesting and something that obviously this whole situation is kind of unprecedented. So it's an interesting thing to think about. It's an interesting thing to talk about. For me, I just... I'm not a huge fan of continuing the season at this point. I think you're too late into things. I think that playing summer hockey would kind of diminish uh, the performances and things like that for the players. Next year, you would have essentially one season run right into another season. The only thing that didn't really affect too, too much is the NFL at this point. We'll be talking about the NFL later. The The Bills get their schedule released. We're going to be talking about that in the next segment. But in this segment, I wanted to talk a little bit about the 2014 playoff that is uh, potentially being proposed here. Uh, Brooks and Freeman note that even narrowing things down to 24 teams could be a bit tricky. Brooks quickly summarizes a couple 24-team scenarios. The format of a 24-team tournament has not yet been established, but if the league goes with the 12 teams in each conference, that would include every club at 500 or better when play stopped on March 11th. That structure would include the Rangers and Chicago. For us here in Buffalo, the only way I believe the Sabres could make this 24-team tournament would be if the league were to go to a six team in each, uh, the top six teams in each division, which would mean that the Buffalo Sabres with a .493 winning percentage would make it over the, or the, the Sabres would replace the Rangers and the Ducks would replace the Blackhawks. 
uh, in this tournament-style NHL playoffs. Now, obviously, the NHL playoffs is normally 16 teams. You know, they battle for the playoffs, seven-game series. The NHL playoffs is my personal favorite in terms of all the playoffs. I think it's the most grueling. I think it's the most difficult to win a championship in the NHL. It's just an incredibly grueling playoff type series that the NHL has to go through. Even now with how soft the NHL is and everything like that, the NHL playoffs still provide somebody like myself, somebody who really enjoyed old school hockey, uh, a lot of excitement. The NHL playoffs, whether your team is in it or not, is just incredibly, incredibly fun to watch. But I, you know, and I think this this 24-team tournament would be kind of exciting to watch, in my opinion. I think it would be an interesting way to reward this, uh, I'll award the Stanley Cup to a team this season. But for me personally, I just think about it from a Buffalo Sabres fan-type perspective. Would you, as a Buffalo Sabres fan, want to be in this tournament, let's say, by some miracle, the Buffalo Sabres go on some sort of crazy, crazy run and they end up winning this tournament and thus winning the Stanley Cup. Would that be something that you would really want the Sabres' first ever Stanley Cup to be in some makeshift NHL playoffs type scenario? For me, that just doesn't, it doesn't work. It's not exciting. That's not how I want the Sabres to win their first Stanley Cup. Also, would it would it count for you for the Buffalo Sabres to make, quote, make the playoffs? I don't know if by definition it would be the Sabres actually made it to the playoffs because the Sabres right now, as it looked going into the last few games of the season, were not anywhere close to making the playoffs. I don't believe that they, I think they had, they had like a less than a 0.1% chance of actually getting into the playoffs at this point or at the point in which the season got put on hold. But the Sabres right now are in almost uncharted territories. The last team to go this long without making the playoffs was the St. Louis Blues when they first came into the NHL. And I don't mean the very first year, because the very first year the St. Louis Blues were in the NHL, they actually went to the Stanley Cup final. And that was the only year, aside from this past year, that they had ever made the Stanley Cup final at all in their existence. Of course, you know they did win the Stanley Cup last year. Ryan O'Reilly, God help us all, was the... uh, Con Smythe, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the the trophy's name is. He was the MVP of the playoffs, essentially leading his team to a Stanley, to their first ever Stanley Cup. And again, it just for me, I'm just not a huge. This isn't how I would want it to be. There would always be an asterisk next to that. There would always be a a you know an excuse for everyone else that the Sabers didn't win it legitimately. Not only that, but like I was saying before about going to the actual playoffs themselves, do you think this would count for the Sabres to actually be in the playoffs? Does this snap their eight-season drought, which is about to be nine seasons? If you don't count it, it would be nine seasons that the Buffalo Sabres did not make the playoffs. And if they didn't make the playoffs next year, that would be the longest streak in the history of the NHL the history of the NHL. 
of a team not making the playoffs. It would be a decade-long streak. The Buffalo Sabres would replace the Buffalo Bills as the team that has not made the playoffs. The thing that, you know, everyone is, it's the downtrodden team. It seems like we can't have two good teams at at the same time. The Buffalo Bills are obviously right now on the rise. Again, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but the Buffalo Bills are on the rise. The Buffalo Sabres are apparently still on the decline. I know that they have performed a little bit better this year than they have in years past, but again, there is no... It doesn't look like they're any closer now than when they got Jack Eichel, which is incredibly, horribly depressing to think about. The fact that we have a top five, and if you don't believe he's a top five in the NHL, a top 10 player in the NHL, and yet we still are not anywhere close to making the playoffs. That is a complete lack of, of I don't want to say leadership, but a complete lack of roster management that you have one of the best players that the Sabres have potentially ever had in terms of skill level, and we have not, we're have we no closer to the playoffs than when we started this whole tank. And for everyone who is an anti-tank person, ooh, you see the tank didn't work. The tank was never about flipping the switch and being good. The tank was about getting a lot of assets so that we and winning Jack Eichel or Connor McDavid. Tanking in that season was so that you could get one of two guys who were pegged generational talents. Now, while I don't believe Jack Eichel is a generational talent, he is a franchise player. There is no question about it, and he he has showed it this past season as he, for most of the season, was on pace to go over 100 points, the first Sabre in a very long time to go uh, potentially go over 100 points. Obviously, the season was cut short, and that was what the whole tank was about. Now, we did accrue a ton of different a ton of assets, but Tim Murray bad drafting and he really gave away a lot of assets. He gave away a first round pick for Robin Leonard. Where is Robin Leonard right now? Guess what? He's a backup in Chicago. He bounced around to a couple different teams and now he's a backup in Chicago. People are like, "Oh man, he resurrected his career in in Long Island with the Islanders, and, and, you know, he's just a fantastic goalie. Well, guess what? He was an okay goalie for the Buffalo Sabres. I'm not going to say he was absolute dumpster fire, because he wasn't, but the thing was, he couldn't stop a beach ball on a breakaway. Anytime there was a breakaway, it was a guaranteed goal. I think, I think he's, since, I would guess since the shootout started, he's the only goalie that has not stopped any single uh, a single penalty shot for an entire season. That is incredibly embarrassing. Now, I know he was having some sort of you know mental issues and things like that going on, but at that point, if you're having those types of struggles, you're not benefiting anybody by being in goal and playing. You're only hurting all of your teammates and the city that you're playing for by not being right in the head to be able to be out on that ice because having played goalie, obviously not at a very high level, but, you know, just playing goalie in rec leagues and things like that, it takes a lot of mental uh, fortitude to be out on the ice. You're out on the ice constantly. You always have to be engaged in the game. You always have to know what's going on. You have to be locked in 100% of the time. There is no shifts off because if there is any time that you take off, it's in the back of the net. It's a goal for the other team. So 
it is an incredibly mentally draining type thing to be a goaltender. God only knows what it's like to be an NHL goaltender and to be struggling with the mental issues that he was. So, I don't know. I, I'm going to leave that one alone. But again, the Sabres right now are kind of in unprecedented territory. And right now, going into the next season, the Sabres only have nine players that are signed going into this next season, and they don't quite have a, a the cap space that everyone really thought they were going to have. This cap guru of Jason Botterill, who, you know, for a long time I defended, and I was kind of like, okay, this guy, he might know what's going on, but I, I've had it with Jason Botterill. He's let the team slip into obscurity for the second, third, whatever, straight season when they had started out good. When your team starts out good and you let them fall into obscurity by not making a move and by sitting and the move that you do make is trading Marco Scandella for a fourth round pick and then picking up Michael Froelich. Are you kidding me? Michael Froelich was supposed to be the guy to come in here and really provide some offensive uptick. Look, we had our, our you know, we had we were fine. We were fine on defensive or two-way forwards. We needed more offense. You needed to come up with some sort of trade that would be able to help the Sabres offensively. The Sabres had no scoring depth. That was their biggest thing this past year, and Jason Botterill again failed to do that. Putting the Sabres in this position that they were going to miss the playoffs for a ninth straight season. But again... I'm ranting and raving here about the Buffalo Sabres. I haven't talked about them in a long time, so obviously I had a whole bunch to say about them. But anyway, go back to the 2014 playoff. Would you really want the Sabres to have that type of, you know, be in that type of tournament? Would it be fun to watch? Absolutely. It would kind of be like an NCAA tournament type thing. Obviously, there would be more games in order to advance, but it would kind of be like an NCAA tournament type thing to me, which is a fun tournament to watch. It's one of my most favorite things to watch in terms of sports, but would you want it to happen in the summertime? For me personally, I say pass. I am a hard pass on this option. I think you shut it down, you regroup, and you do your combine, you do the draft, and you retool and go into next year at 100% full strength, whatever you want to call it, and start the season right then and there. You can put on the Stanley Cup. You know, 2020 winner of the the Stanley Cup was COVID-19, essentially. So go ahead and do that. Shut it down. The NHL does not need to go ahead and put on this ridiculous tournament that though it might be fun, really isn't worth a whole heck, a heck of a lot, in my opinion. So just, just shut it down. Not only that, but the logistical nightmare that it would be for the, not the Sabres, but for the NHL, there are still travel restrictions in the United States of America to be traveling to Canada back and forth and things like that, and in, around, in and around the, the states, I do believe, so why why even attempt to try to do this? This whole thing is a huge, incredible logistical nightmare for every team involved. So again, why do it? Simply shut it down, do your combine, do your draft, call it a day. If you have to do a virtual draft, fine. The NFL did a pretty good job doing their virtual draft. I kind of liked it. I thought that it, even though it wasn't as exciting to me, the virtual draft, it was still kind of cool. To watch it, and it was still a a fun moment. It was sports that 
right now we are all dying for, craving sports right now. And it was just something fun that the NFL NFL was able to do. Now, the NHL, I think they should follow suit. If they can't do the combine, okay, fine, you know, whatever it is, what it is. I don't know how much the combine really matters, honestly, in terms of the NHL. I don't think people's stock rises and falls. You think about it, Jack Eichel had a far better combine than Connor McDavid did. It shoot him up to number one? Of course not, because Connor McDavid is a better hockey player or a more off. Uh, huh, let me start again. Is a better hockey player in terms of offense and, and explosiveness and dyna- and being dynamic than is Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel, I think, has a better two-way game, and he's really showed it this past year and really taken a whole bunch of steps to being that team leader, the one that can potentially lead this team into the playoffs. But, you know, like I said, I for me, the 24-team playoff, just not something that I would really want to do at this point. It's been so long Shut it down for the season. The baseball, you know, MLB can have their season. Shut it down. Retool. Get things in, organized. Get things ready. Don't do this makeshift tournament so everyone's kind of scrambling around trying to figure out how to do it and whatnot. Forget about it. Scrap it. Cut it loose or cut the season short right now. You can do your trophy presentations. You know, the, the, Whoever had the most points, the Conn Smythe, the Vesna Trophy, all that stuff, you guys, they can still hand out those trophies. Just hand them out up to the last game that they played. Just use the stats and things like that of the last game they played. Hand out those trophies and call it a day. Start again next season, and then this way everyone can just you know enjoy the rest of their summer. They don't have to do this makeshift tournament and then continue to play almost for essentially a full year going into the next season with how grueling the NHL can be, it's just simply not worth it in my opinion. So stop it, cut it loose, and call it a season. Now in the next segment, I'm going to talk just a little bit, you know, just I want to touch base on the NFL schedule, which did come out this past week. The Buffalo Bills had a fantastic um, schedule come out for them. For me, I thought that the, the Buffalo Bills would only have potentially one or maybe two primetime games, but that is, ah, you know, that the fact that the, the Buffalo Bills have four primetime games is kind of incredible to me and super exciting in the same in the same sense. Like I said, I believe they only would have about two, but the Buffalo Bills have late, lately have been getting a ton of national attention, and a lot of people are picking them to win the AFC East. I obviously picked them to win the AFC East, the last in the way-too-early prediction. I predicted the Bills to go 11-5, and five, and... A question I had for everyone is, with the expectations so high, does it make you more nervous going into this season that the expect like all eyes are going to be on the Buffalo Bills? All eyes are going to be on the Buffalo Bills. That's something that we haven't had to deal with in Buffalo for a very, very long time. And obviously, since Tom Brady has departed, it really is the most up in the air the AFC East has been in the last... 20 years or so. So the the AFC East is really up for grabs. I really don't think the Bills should, at least on paper, have a problem in winning the AFC East, whether it's 10 wins, 11 wins, 12 wins. But my thing is, there's a ton of expectations. And 
it makes me nervous. It makes me nervous for a huge, huge downfall that I'm going into this season so incredibly excited, looking forward to every single snap for the Buffalo Bills. And it's just, it's nerve-wracking. I have not cared this much about going into an NFL season in a very long time. It makes me nervous that the Buffalo Bills could potentially pull a Cleveland Browns where when, you know, Cleveland got a, you know, Odell Beckham and their receiving core was just stacked. They had great running back. Baker Mayfield was coming off of a fantastic rookie season. And then they just did absolutely nothing. They crapped all over themselves. And that was that. And it was just a colossal disappointment. That's something that I really hope the Bills don't do. And do you think there is a chance that the Buffalo Bills could potentially be this year's Cleveland Browns of last year? In my opinion, nah, I don't think so. Simply because the Bills don't have a first-year head coach. You know, they're going into the season with a head coach that is on his fourth season. And I think that they have the coaching staff in place right now that can really keep this team grounded. It can really keep this team focused. But it's going, the schedule that the Bills have this year is on paper, again, going into the season, a lot more difficult than the one that they had last year. And the Bills only won 10 games last year. It's essentially the same team, but they're, they have a, a, a lot harder schedule. So, would you be happy if the Buffalo Bills went 10 and 6 again and they won the AFC East for me? It's one game difference than what I said it would be if the Bills win 10 games again for the second year in a row after not having done it in two decades. Yeah, I will be happy camper obviously. Um I think the one thing that would make me really upset about the Buffalo Bills is if they can't handle the hype that is on them right now and this is it. This is where we see it. This is where we see if Josh Allen is the guy. Everyone said all excuses are off. Everyone is sitting here saying, you know, everyone on the, the outsiders are saying how trash Josh Allen is. And we're over here defending him saying, well, you obviously have not watched any of the NFL. You haven't watched the Bills play at all. Josh Allen is and I don't want to say an incredibly accurate quarterback, but has made tremendous strides in terms of accuracy. He had the most percentage of drops last season amongst NFL starters at 7.2%, I believe, something like that. I think somebody said if, I think a stat I seen somewhere was if if he made had six more completions, he would have been over that, that 60% completion percentage that everyone wants. And this is it. For me, I'm not... I'm not, I don't want to say I'm not, not sold on Josh Allen. For me, I'm excited about Josh Allen, but I'm a little bit skeptical still. I need Josh Allen to really show me that he is going to live up to, live up to the potential that he has when we drafted him. Again, I was not a Josh Allen guy going into the draft. I will 100% own it. The fact that I was a Josh Rosen guy, and my God, that's looking terrible for me. But anyway, I was not a Josh Allen guy, but he has really impressed me in his first two seasons, and he needs to take that next step going into his third season if he's going to be the franchise guy, if he's going to be the answer. He cannot have a season like he had last year. He really needs to take this offense to the next level. He has, I would say he has no more excuses, but in my opinion, I'm not sold on Brian Dable. Brian Dable in the NFL has never had an offense, I believe, over 20th 
uh, over 20th in the, the NFL. So that kind of scares me a little bit. They have a ton of weapons. They have Zach Moss and Devin Singletary in the backfield. They have Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, John Brown as they're out, you know, their top three receivers. They have Dawson Knox, who at times last year was absolutely electrifying. They have weapons for Josh Allen. They have essentially the same offensive line coming back to him that provided him a ton of time. Josh Allen was, I think he held onto the ball the longest of any quarterback last year. So he does have the time to be able to throw the ball. This, this is it. This is where the Buffalo Bills need to get over that hump. They need to win at least one playoff. They need to get to the playoffs and then win at least one playoff game going into this season. Otherwise, this this season to me is a colossal failure, is a colossal failure. They have everything that they need on paper to be able to potentially be a contender for a Super Bowl. I cannot believe I'm saying that right now. The Buffalo Bills have the potential to be a contender for the Super Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen, that is incredible. That makes me so excited going into the season. Do I think that they're better than the Ravens right now? I don't know. They didn't knock off the Ravens last year. You have to unseat, you know, the current MVP of the league, which was Lamar Jackson going into this season. It was a close game, but the Bills still weren't able to do it. They have to contain him, which they did actually a pretty good job of containing Lamar Jackson outside of one big Uh, downfield pass play and Josh Allen needs to be able to step up against good defenses and play well he didn't do that all that well last season he had a couple of bad games against New England who has the who had the best defense in the NFL last year he struggled against Baltimore he got hit on every seemingly every single drop back he had so maybe all of that obviously wasn't on him but still He needs to show up. He needs to show that he is going to be the guy for the Buffalo Bills. And he needs to be able to beat these good teams in prime time for me to really be all in on Josh Allen. Right now, I have one foot in on Josh Allen and I have one foot out on Josh Allen. And not from anything that he's done specifically, but just from what I have seen I don't want him to plateau at where he was at in his second year. If he does that, the Bills are going to be in trouble and they need to start shopping for another quarterback. But if he can break through that barrier and he can throw for, he only, if he could throw for 200 statistics wise, I mean, I don't care what his statistics are realistically if he gets his teams to win. But I want, you know, I want him to take that next step. I want the offense to be more dynamic. So, in terms of stats, I would think 230 yards average a game is not a crazy amount to really expect from Josh Allen. That's somewhere between 36 and 3700 or 36 and 3700 passing yards. I would want Josh Allen to be 26 to 27 touchdowns, roughly around 10 to 12 interceptions and like 4 to 500 yards rushing with maybe a handful of rushing touchdowns. I think that would be a huge huge leap for Josh Allen this year, and I think that that would help them win a lot more games this year, this season, uh, and and really set them up to finally have their franchise guy. Now, the big thing for me, for Josh Allen, again, he's got to hit the long ball. If Josh Allen can hit the long ball uh, half the time, if he can hit one out of every two deep passes, if he can hit one out of every three deep passes, I will actually be happy because 
that will be huge plays downfield. It will it will stretch the defense. It will make the short and intermediate areas a lot more accessible for Josh Allen. Obviously, you know he can fit the ball into tight windows. This is, in my opinion, the make or break season for Josh Allen and Brian Dable. If they cannot get it done, and I mean top half, top 15 offense in the NFL, you might need to move on from Brian Dable. I'm not going to put it all on Josh Allen right now in just his third year. We've seen other quarterbacks struggle in their third years. Guys like Ben Roethlisberger, who, you know, he had a tough third year, whatever. It's that's fine. I'm not going to be... I'm not going to say that, you know, if, if Josh Allen has, you know, struggles a little bit this year that they should cut him completely. But I think that this is his make or break year. And the schedule that's come out is a really difficult schedule for primetime games. We're going to be in the lights, in the spotlight four times this, this season, potentially a fifth, I believe, against Denver and Drew Locke, who had a fantastic uh, first five games of his career going four and one. Still. This season is is a critical season in terms of the growth of this franchise. Can we get out of, you know, can we show everyone that we are ready to step onto that main stage that Tom Brady left behind when he took off out of the AFC East? Can we show everyone that this is now our division? I really, really hope so. And we're definitely going to have an episode where we, myself and my buddy Mark, we're going to repick uh, the Buffalo Bills, now that the schedule's out, we're going to do another pick em. in two weeks. We're going to see where we both fall. If if our ideas about how good the Bills are, or bad the Bills are going to be changed at all after the draft, after the schedule came out, after a lot of free agents have been signed, things like that. A lot has changed since the last time that we did a pick em for the Buffalo Bills. So we're going to do it again. It's going to be in two weeks, and I believe that is going to be the first time that we do a giveaway here on this podcast. So you guys are definitely not going to want to miss that one. The The giveaway is still to be determined. I don't quite know what I'm going to give away, but I know it's going to be something, uh, you know, so stay tuned for that. I'll probably announce it on Twitter sometime in the next week or so uh, when I figure out the thing that one of the things that I'm going to give away here. So again, that's going to do it for this episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. Thank you guys for listening. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you tell your friends, tell your family, let them know that they can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Anchor. They can go on to uh, anchor.fm, leave me a voice message. That might end up in one of my shows. Also, you can email me at sportstalkbuffalo at yahoo.com. Or if you want to follow me, hit me up on Twitter at sportstalkbuff1. That's sportstalk, B-U-F-F-1 on Twitter. You can DM me if you want anything like that. I'll get back to you as quickly as I can. Once again, thank you guys for listening, and I hope you have a fantastic week.